The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everybody, this is Casey Fields. I'm the manager for municipal advocacy at the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Here is the latest from the Dome to Your Home, the association's weekly legislative report for the week of April 1st. The House of Representatives met in regular session last week. However, the Senate only met on Tuesday and Wednesday in regular session. They did not meet on Thursday so that the Senate Finance Committee could complete work on its version of the state budget. The crossover deadline for bills to pass the originating chamber is Wednesday, April 10th, and the House of Representatives plans to take a furlough week beginning Monday, April 15th. The tobacco preemption bill remains on the Senate contested calendar, and the bill that prohibits the Municipal Association from collecting business licenses on behalf of cities remains in a House committee. The bill that makes changes to the South Carolina Tort Claims Act is also still on the Senate calendar for third reading after it was amended. Both the zero millage bill and the annexation bill are on the House uncontested calendar for debate. The bill that changes the formula for the local government fund is expected to be heard in a Senate Finance Subcommittee, and the Senate Finance Committee allocated $2 million in recurring funding to the Criminal Justice Academy. The last advocacy initiative, the Flexibility Bill, Senate Bill 217, remains in the House Ways and Means Committee. On Thursday of last week, the Senate Finance Committee gave final approval to its version of the state budget. Included in the Senate Finance Committee version of the budget are the following items. $9.5 million is added to the local government fund base amount of $222.6 million. This is a little over a million less in the House version. So the new base in the Senate Finance Committee version is $232.1 million. The 1% credit for employers' retirement system contributions, which was funded in the fiscal year 2019 budget, is again funded in the fiscal year 2020 budget. $22 $22 million in non-recurring funds are provided as a match for FEMA funds for Hurricane Florence. The non-recurring PTSD funding that was not included in the House version of the budget is included in the Senate Finance Committee's version of the budget at $500,000. And there's also $2 million in recurring funding provided to the Criminal Justice Academy to reduce its funding dependence on fees and fines. Senator Ronnie Cromer, a Republican from Newberry, introduced a proviso that prohibits private third-party entities from assessing, collecting, administering the collection of, or processing payments of business license taxes on behalf of counties or municipalities. The proviso, as it was adopted by the Senate Finance Committee, would interfere with the association's efforts to help the South Carolina Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Office roll out a business license portal for the benefit of cities and businesses that operate in multiple jurisdictions. The full Senate plans to begin its debate on the budget on Monday, April 15th at noon. The Senate Labor, Commerce, and Industry Regulatory and Local Government Subcommittee gave Senate Bill 394, the Plastic Bag Ban Bill, a favorable report by a vote of 4 to 3, This bill would prevent local governments from adopting ordinances that ban the use of plastic bags. Please take a moment and thank Senators Ronnie Saab from Williamsburg, 
Tom Davis from Beaufort and Nikki Setzler from Lexington for voting against the bill. Next, the bill goes to the full Senate Labor, Commerce, and Industry Committee for debate. House Bill 4262, the South Carolina Small Wireless Facilities Deployment Act, was amended by the House and given final approval last Thursday. In its original form, the bill completely preempted local control over the deployment of small wireless facilities in the municipal rights-of-way and allowed telecommunications companies the right to deploy small wireless facilities with only limited aesthetic review in historic and underground districts. The amendment that was adopted by the House returns much of the aesthetic control back to cities and towns, among other changes. Next, the bill goes to the Senate Judiciary Committee for consideration. So today on the podcast, Tiger Wells is here with us, and Tiger has been the point person at the Association for Small Cell Wireless Deployment and this bill that we have been working on for quite some time. And Tiger's going to talk everything small cell, from what it is um, to how it gets to where it is and all the negotiations that we've been involved in in the bill. So, Tiger, what is small cell wireless deployment and why do we care? Good deal. Well, thanks, Casey, um, for this. For, for those of you who aren't familiar uh, with small cells and what they are, very quick primer. Most of us are aware of, uh, on some level, we are aware of those huge cell phone towers that you see um, across the, the horizon and you see an array of, of little gray boxes around those huge towers. Um, well, our phones, all of our phones, depend on those towers uh, to receive the signal that we need in order to not only make the phone calls, but also to surf the internet. You know, when they talk about 3G and 4G speeds, um, y y I'm sure some of us have had situations where you're in an area and you have four bars, but it still seems like it's taking forever for you to stream that video or for you to, you know, send that picture. Yep. Um, oftentimes that's caused because of capacity issues, because you have so many people in a particular area trying to do similar things at the same time, and it taxes the capacity of those large towers. So this is where small cells come in. In those situations, what the telecommunications companies would like to do is deploy these small antennas, these small nodes throughout a city or throughout an area that's, that's uh, uh, experiencing that density and that capacity issue so that they can essentially create small towers throughout the area and increase capacity as a result. Um, so not something that's, uh, I mean, that's definitely something that you know, local government officials can understand. They Absolutely. really want uh, local residents as well as local businesses to know that they are going to have access to those 3G and 4G speeds. And, um, and then there's some talk about 5G in the future. If that comes to fruition, uh, this is the kind of thing that may help. But what we heard from, uh, you know, local officials and, and uh, what's been a lot of the talk across the country on this issue is that local officials need to maintain a great deal of control over the aesthetics right. of these, um, these facilities. Uh, there are some examples of these facilities that have been done very well. You would never even know they were there unless you were looking for them. 
there are other areas where they are they are ugly, right. quite frankly, and you would not want them being put into an area where you had invested tons of the public's money in beautification projects, nice traffic lights and all of those things right. just for somebody to come slap an ugly cell on top. And so that's a lot of what we were fighting for and negotiating for to make sure that that control over aesthetics, um, having more control over placement, mm -hmm. you know, again, whoever that big constituent is, you wouldn't want this telecommunications company coming in and plunking down an, an, an ugly small cell tower right. a pole in, their in their yard. Front yard. Exactly. Right. I, I know my wife would not be happy right. with that. <laughs> right. um, and so under the original bill, the bill the way it was originally written, none of that was in there. You wouldn't have that aesthetic control with the exception of uh, you know, historic and underground areas. Mm -hmm. What we've been able to negotiate now is you have that con that aesthetic control throughout your entire city. And Tiger, all all those points, and I know yes. you're going to hit on some of the big yes. ones, but all of the details that we negotiated are in last week's From the Dome to Your Home. That's so if correct. you want to read all the the, the nitty-gritty details, that's right. then read the dome, but you're going to hit on just a couple of the high yeah, points. Yes, that's right. And that was, you know, the aesthetic aesthetics piece um, is a big one. The placement piece uh, is a big one. Previously, a telecommunications company would basically come in and say, this is where I need to put, you know, my mm -hmm. small cell, mm -hmm. you know, deal with it. Right. Well, what we're dealing with now is the company would come in and say, this is where we would like to put it. And the city would e would be able to say, okay, that's a good place mm -hmm. for it, or no, that's not such a good place, but here's another option within mm -hmm. a 100-foot mm -hmm. radius of, of a that partnership. area. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's the kind of collaboration that you right. would expect to have happen. And honestly, in some cases, it's the type of collaboration that some of the companies would engage in, but you always want to make sure that you have safeguards in place for those instances where you're dealing with bad actors or right. people that maybe aren't as responsible as they should be. Right. Um, another piece, a uh, big piece of this is with, with regard to rates. Mm -hmm. um, when the, the, the fees were relatively low for you know applications and for actual placement and attachment, um, and we've been able to, to, to get those rates up a good deal. Some of you may be somewhat familiar with the fact that there was an FCC ruling in 2018 dealing with the deployment of small cell technology. So on the federal level, we already had a number of restrictions mm -hmm. put in place. You couldn't effectively prohibit the deployment of this technology. Um, and so what we tried to do also in our negotiation in our negotiations is to get as close as we could to the limits of what that FCC ruling would allow. Um, and while I, I say all that um, to say, you know, we have decided since this amendment has been adopted mm -hmm. uh, to take on a, a kind of neutral position with regard to the bill going forward, no longer actively opposing, but we do not support the bill mm -hmm. because we still believe it's constitutionally suspect. Right. Uh, and we also know that there are some of our municipalities that are actively engaged in challenging the FCC rule. And so we understand um, that, that, you know, they'll have additional concerns and issues with this bill. Right. Um, but I guess the, the bottom line is just to make you aware that major changes were made in this, in this bill 
and we as the association are going to be working going forward to uh, uh, create opportunities to help you during this time of, of transition, help you understand this thing. And you can always access this bill and details on the bill in our tracking system. You can also access bills that were introduced as new bills and every bill that had action from a subcommittee or a committee through the tracking system. Tiger, thanks for joining us Thank today. You. That was great information. Be sure to follow the legislative team on Twitter and check back next week for the latest in municipal legislative news from the South Carolina State House. The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs>